what you expect to gain through this cloud journey? Technical changes are much easier than the organizational one. How you will do this? Welcome to People Tech and Other Weirdness, the not so serious soft serve podcast. Here we collect stories from our people about their roles and rules, game changing decisions, wins, walls, and falls. You'll hear about technologies from those who create them. Let's see who we have on today. Hello, hello everyone. My name is Alex, and I welcome you to People Tech and Other Weirdness. Today, I'm your host. My guest today is Nikolai. He is a cloud architect from our CAE and is a part of our team in Bulgaria who helping our enterprise clients to go through the cloud transformation. Nikolai, mind you saying a couple of words here? Hey, my name is Nikolai. Um, I, previously, I was leading the Cloud Center of Excellence and the Cloud Adoption in the second largest clinical research organization worldwide. And I'm here to share with you my digital transformation experience. Thank you, Nikolai. Yeah, and today we'll be exploring an interesting topic because cloud been a here for a while, but uh, many, many customers still trying to go through the first step in their cloud journey. And we today is looking and exploring the topic of how that step-by-step journey for the cloud adoptions looks like. But before we jump in, I have a couple of the questions to the Nikolai. And as usual, Nikolai, so are you more of a Xbox guy or PS5 guy? Uh, only PC. Only PC, so PC <laughs> master race. <laughs> yeah, cool. cool. Okay, the next one. Will you be interested in living all your life when it's zero seasons, like always summer, or you like four seasons? Always summer would work always perfectly. Yeah, I really like the sun. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I will also try some something like that one day. But I still like, hey, summer is nice, but winter as well is cool. So I've more for like, let's do mixture of a couple of the things. <laughs> so let's get into our today's topic. So as I said previously, the 2020 accelerated journeys of many companies and uh, something that they were planning to do by 2025 in terms of their digital transformation, move to the cloud, uh, now is their first year strategy, 2021, 2022. They want to all done and go uh, at least 50% cloud. And for that, the companies who haven't previously adopted the cloud ways had very limited exposure to the cloud and very limited experience to that, trying to accelerate their journey to the cloud. And uh, you probably think uh, heard about this, that every such move starts with having your cloud adoption strategy, having your cloud strategy. But what is the strategy means? Because everyone talks about that, what it is, what tangible things I should be in your strategy. So this is my question to you, Nikolai. What is the cloud strategy? <laughs> yeah, so uh, cloud strategy is uh, defined by principle and series of meaningful decisions and trade-offs. And in order to have a meaningful and solid strategy, 
um, you have to answer yourself uh, why you want to go to the cloud. You have to set your goals of going to go to the cloud. Uh, so if you want to go to the cloud just because it's uh, you know very hot topic or uh, you fear to not uh, miss it out, this will not work as strategy at all. So you have to put your principles uh, that will make your consistency and you really have to define your goals. Uh, for example, you may like to have um, to, to reach better uh, scalability, to have uh, more uptime of your solutions, to reduce your cost, or you may be looking for some security compliance standards that you would like to achieve. And cloud can help here as well. And of course, uh, you know, you can want to reach a velocity and uh, speaking in terms of software delivery. That is all, all great things. So the, the AWSs and Googles of this world promoted that benefits of the cloud. So this is the things you can get with the cloud. Uh, but uh, looking at the strategy and the desirable business benefits, starting with why is important, answering why our company should move uh, to the cloud, what we want to get from the cloud, but what would be the other crucial points in this cloud strategy? So imagine this is, hey, you you creating this checklist for your cloud strategy. What would be in that, I don't know, document, PowerPoint, what in, 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 a, in a statement? So you have to put your goals first, and these goals should be measurable goals. Like, um, I want uh, to deploy three times faster than I deploy on my on-prem to deliver solution. And I want uh, to have zero downtime deployment. I want to be able to put uh, features without uh, uh, sacrifice the uptime of my application, or I want to reduce my cost with mm-hmm. 20%. Yeah, and it's important for them to have also a business meaning because having a, a zero downtime is all great, but if your business model doesn't build around having zero downtime, which is kind of almost impossible around uh, uh, kind of the online these days, having something down for, for, for even a second can be devastating for the business. But uh, you always need to connect those two together. Desirable technology, technovation, I would say, and with the business benefits. So objectives and or the goals is the thing, first things in the list. What's next? Uh, once you define the goals and objectives, uh, you have to plan about their execution. And uh, you have uh, to set uh, strict timelines. And uh, you have to think how you accomplish these goals. So building a roadmap. It, it's crucial for that. Uh, also, you have to uh, think about the risks and uh, the trade-offs that you have to take during this uh, uh, this decision and uh, this uh, strategy that you are working on. Many companies that already in healthcare and fintech having lots of governance and compliance requirement, they, they perceiving move to the cloud as a risk that they cannot take. What you would say to them? I would say that um, the clouds have much more uh, security and compliance certificates. And if I'm a a leader, 
I would uh, give uh, more accountability to the clouds because uh, they have more responsibility than your data center and you know your your own data center and uh, your own stuff. For example, if someone from your staff is uh, done something wrong and you have breach for that uh, you know the how to say the worst thing that can happen to him is just to leave the company and mm-hmm. this is not the case with the cloud companies if uh, you have issues with uh, with them uh, you know they have much more responsibility for your security yeah definitely definitely <laughs> There's still a mindset in this cloud transformation and the kind of migration to the cloud or how the people try to call it. So data centers and like traditional environments are still, it's a devil that they know. They know how to operate in this environment and they know how to build stuff, how they deliver stuff. So when making the move, I've seen uh, hundreds upon hundreds of times where the move to the cloud haven't really changed anything in in a way how company operate. And isn't that the most expensive way for you to go and adopt the cloud, keeping your cloud as yet another data center? Definitely. This is uh, one of the worst case scenario where you have uh, all the negatives from the clouds. And here, transparency is, is crucial uh, because uh, you're absolutely right. People are afraid from things that they don't know. They don't have much experience. So the leadership really have to put a lot of effort to spread that uh, uh, direction. They want to align uh, the entire management, middle management, every single people in the company uh, that the company want to go to the cloud and uh, most importantly, why they want to go to the cloud. And uh, they have to present to the uh, people in the company a uh, specific roadmap plan, for example, to because people can be afraid for their job, which is, you know, perfectly makes yeah. sense. They have to, you know, have prepared plan for how to, you know, rescue them and help them to overcome that. Yeah, so the communication is crucial. You need to make people aware what are your goals for moving into the cloud? How you want to achieve those goals? And most importantly, in, in this journey uh, to, to the cloud, which you said, devil that you know, traditional things, when people try to move something into a new environment, which they haven't previously worked with, that's very hard to make a right decision, specifically uh, when you're talking about day-to-day business things, some critical pieces of work that most of the company depends on. So that puts a lot of stress on people. That also puts a lot of risks and uh, kind of pushback to change the things they are. And uh, my question to you is that who there should be to help these people uh, to make the right move, to who will be there for product teams or for the IT infrastructure team uh, to help them design and execute in the right way? 
So usually this, uh, uh, in this situation, uh, people don't have experience with that. And it's, uh, it really makes sense to look for help for uh, outside uh, uh, technology partners uh, like us and also the cloud providers. And uh, you have to look for partners that's done this a lot of time that have experience. And also that are vendor agnostics that they can cover all the vendors and they don't, uh, you know, try to save a specific vendor. Yeah, that's interesting. So approaches that uh, uh, we've seen that almost every large enterprise already have lots of vendors and partners on board. So definitely they won't be trying to do this on their own. But the question everyone needs to ask themselves, are there the right partners who have the experience and the needed skill set uh, that will help the company to uh, move to the cloud. And uh, we've seen the self-sufficient companies as well. So many of the businesses who earlier went through the digital transformation already built a very strong technology-driven business where IT, where their developers effectively are the part of the making a decision about their products and the business objectives. So in that settings, the, the skills and expertise that people, those companies have in-house is far beyond the average company on the market. So those can have those skills in-house, yet the, their experience and perspective still could be limited. That's the thing about preparing for making this move before we start doing something. So I would like to reiterate what we already talked about. So when you think about strategy, it's not all defining written down to every single like virtual machine or application you have what you need to do that, but more of a, a, the framework that helps you to set and align people and this transformation to the right direction. So the most important pieces of this is answering a couple of the questions. What you will get from this transformation, what you expect to gain through this cloud journey, how you will do this, or what is your effectively adoption principles that you need, you want to set for through entire company, and what would be the changes that you're willing to take and the impact of those changes, so the risks associated with the change, and the roadmap, how fast, what steps uh, major departments, line of business, IT should take on this journey to the cloud and get the right skills on board. Make sure that you have the, that critical core to the company who, who would drive this transformation. And yes, communicate this strategy every day. Communicate this back to every line of business, every department, and make sure the people are part of that conversation. Right? They understand, they can ask questions and you can either already have the answer or have the right people who will find the answer for that line of business or IT department or that applicational team. Exactly. So Nikolai, um, now imagine we have the strategy. We've talked about that. It's like we spent six months throughout the company to get us in, in a position, get ready to start doing something. What 
is the next steps in those in, in the roadmap or the first steps in this roadmap? So the first step is uh, to build this first adopters and to find the right people to build the cloud, uh, cloud center of excellence team or the cloud team. So this should be team uh, between five or 10 people. And uh, you really have to choose them carefully because um, I would say the main entry criteria should be the enthusiasm because uh, people really have to love what they do. They really want to dive deep in the cloud. They really uh, should love the technologies. And also, at the same time, these people should be able to execute and uh, deliver successfully. They should have uh, such a history in the, uh, their enterprise experience. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of things that around this series that personally I, I have as a concern every t- time I'm hearing about the series. First one, let's talk about the people who should be there. Your point, the change agents. Uh, the, the, the people with a mindset who want to bring the change, who want to drive this change for the company. That is important. That That's crucial. But if the team will be only change agents, who will balance them out? Because I, I, I think when you bring the f- <laughs> 10 people who want to change the things and change different things throughout the company, who would be their sanity check? Who would be the person in the room who would say, hey, guys, it's it's too risky? Or who who would challenge them and validate their ideas? So, yeah, they should. <laughs> you, yeah. you brought a very good point. Uh, so they should, uh, you know, be balanced people. Uh, so uh, I'm not saying that they have to be, you know, uh, going with all the buzzwords, uh, AI, IoT, you know, go all in. So that is important. That's why it's important uh, these people to have, uh, you know, successful mm-hmm. history of successful uh, uh, delivery uh, delivery project in the past. And uh, they are able to drive uh, things from start to the end. Yeah, I would say you're correct here. The, the diversity of the series is also critical factor of the success. So uh, I would say that depending on your company size, if it's a large enterprise, multiple lines of business, like 10, 15 lines of businesses, different regions, different technologies and skill set, lots of acquisitions, uh, navigating through all, through all of those details, uh, contexts that live within the given line of business, uh, that the series can be much more than that. It could have 20, 30 people, but we still want to, uh, wouldn't want to make this team to be a bottleneck. Uh, they are great um, and helping you to kick off the change, but we also going to talk about how it, we need to scale this moving forward. Uh, but now I want to get back to, to another question that uh, I have to you. You are part of the COE at, at SoftSurf. Uh, in, in fact, you, you joined us, I believe, last year, middle of the last year. And uh, that was a pretty new experience to you. Uh, we also have like cloud and DevOps CE that helps companies to 
build effective strategies to accommodate all of the experience across different horizontals and verticals. My question to you, between the our series and the series that clients need to build inside themselves, what are the key differences or what are the key things that are similar and what it should bring to the table? I'll start with the similar things uh, because they're pretty similar. At the end, uh, the the COE is only successful if the other teams uh, in the organization uh, it supports uh, are successful on their cloud journeys. So uh, we are supporting our clients and uh, if they're successful, we are successful. And it is the same with the internal cloud center of excellence where their business units are successful the internal uh, CEO is successful as well. Uh, my experience here is um, outstanding. For me, it's really important uh, investment in people. I, I haven't worked for any company that invests uh, so much in uh, uh, in their teams as SoftServe. So um, having a, a strict onboarding program with a lot of trainings, uh, specific programs allowed, uh, me and, um, for example, the team uh, that you would like to build in the enterprises to to evolve to to become much better professionals, and uh, this can, you know, in in even short term, this can save you a lot. And uh, yeah, I can give you one funny example. I have a friend that told me. Uh, that they've been spending uh, one year a thousand dollars per month just for backup and storage. And uh, these guys uh, at some point uh, went to training uh, regarding the cloud technology. They realized that they can use uh, reservation and to shorten their spending uh, with 80%. So, you know, it's really, this is really investment that pays off. So it's really important to invest a lot in your team as what we are doing here in SoftServe. Yeah, the investment, uh, I think that the most common thing uh, that uh, should be a part of uh, every company's score, investment in their people and their skills, because that brings the return on investments uh, that usually off the uh, the balance sheets for the company it's an investment that slows slowly accommodates throughout the company as technology depth is something unmeasurable and usually if you look at the financial statements from all every business you won't see the the, the line here for how much technical depth they have they also won't see on how much the, the, this investment into the people really brought uh, into their company back because it's really hard to measure. But the examples that you give is something that typically the business only feels in the end. They don't know or assume how to do these things better. Like example was, hey, you, you got your people trained and get more experience in uh, in in a cloud, they come up with an idea how to save you on the on your fees for paying for disaster recovery solution. That's the things that you cannot plan for. What would be the next optimization? But definitely is evidence of the success of this model. And another thing that you mentioned, actually, that's the first thing that you mentioned is that while we work in a service company and help companies or 
outside clients, the series that we help bring in our uh, clients infrastructure, I would say in infrastructure, in our clients' organizations work in almost identical ways because they're always customers, internal or external. For us, our clients are the external customers. For them, their lines of business, other departments in the company, it's also customers. You build them and give them a services. You build them products that they consume and use. And they, you can also measure their satisfaction and kind of the, the key criteria, success criteria for the CUE is not only help in, the, in a journey to the cloud, but also help to change the culture and mindset of how the IT perceived within the organization. Because IT is the biggest enabler for the business. Cloud... Uh, and uh, it's just a tool by itself. If your IT, if your experts, if your company does not use the cloud to its fullest extent, doesn't know how to embed this into their business and reap the kind of full benefits of this, this will kind of provide you zero added value. The, the move like that is a really unjustified move from, from the business perspective. This is why the the people behind all of this transformation is, is the key to unlocking those benefits. So kind of jump into the next one. So having this strong CE is all good and great, but what if no one still knows that you have a CE in the company? Yeah, here is the important role uh, of the leadership and uh, uh, from the previous topic, uh, it's also if you want to you know, build solid team, you have to start with the leadership and um, having a solid, uh, solid leader is the first thing before building uh, the cloud center of excellence and all this stuff, because you mentioned that the technical depth is, uh, is not part of any of the documentation, but uh, it is always part of uh, in, in the mind of the good leaders. So mm-hmm. uh, this is the starting point. And what the, would be the job for such leader, leader of the CUE, or maybe the leader of entire like you know cloud transformation? Mm-hmm. Often, often those guys called like head of cloud transformation, head of cloud of cloud enablement. We've seen different positions. Sometimes it's just VP of IT who takes that leadership role. But what would be the the important things uh, for him to do? What would, would be his agenda, aside of the things that are done within the CUE, what would be his agenda within the entire company? His agenda will be to speak with people like the marketing with the other business unit. Usually the CIO or the CTO is um, sitting aside in the table of the executives and just uh, keeps the lights on. Uh, and nowadays he should mm-hmm. closely works with the with all the business units and uh, you know to discuss with them how the IT can help. Because uh, in the past IT was treated as a cost center. There are still mm-hmm. a lot of companies that treat it like that. But uh, in nowadays IT is uh, business enabled. I think one of the big objectives for, for the leader, making sure that people know what they can do, how they can help, and most importantly, reaching out for this help to the CUE. Because you can have the well-established CUE, you can have the strongest expert on the team, the right people for the job, 
But if no one reaches out within the company to the COE or treats the COE as another, I don't know, change management board, that a meeting that happens every week and no one really wants to go there or, or raise their voice because they they will be intimidated or asked or said kind of lose their credibility um, in worst, worst case scenario. So we need really to focus on brand recognition within the company of the CUE. That, that's the team that helps working on that uh, perspective and perception that those guys here to help, to guide you, to bring necessary help rather than the guys with the whip who will be, or with a, with a big stick who will be uh, <laughs> hitting you on the back when you are not doing your cloud right. Uh, and I've seen that. And I've seen that the series that are meant to be those enablers of the change were something more of a risk and governments governance board that was uh, that people were afraid to reach out because they 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 didn't know what to expect and they didn't want to look stupid or something. What do you think right now, the next step after having the CUE, having the proper like promotion within company happening, what are the other things? So in, in a roadmap, we haven't really started doing anything yet. Well, we established the CUE, we started to promote that, but the change doesn't really happen. No, no virtual machine or, or data or single application, mm. I would say, haven't changed yet. What would be the next step? So uh, you have to think about the organization as a whole uh, because uh, technical changes are much easier than the organizational one. And uh, if you forget to prepare yourself and uh, think about the organization as a whole, you may got in position where you've done a lot of technical changes, but uh, the organization is not ready to adopt them. And this will slow you down in general. So you have to really think mm -hmm. uh, how to prepare the entire organization. And as I mentioned, uh, to closely work with the other executives and think about your processes. Yeah, and I think you probably heard about it saying, think global, act local. Within the enterprise and kind of within any company, I would say, and even life, you can also uh, think global, but start doing things locally and start think big or and start small. Uh, what I'm saying. So, uh, when you thinking about doing the large change to the company, the most effective strategy that I've seen is kind of starting this transformation small, trying this out with a small subset of the application teams, departments who will try this new process out and find the outcomes and eventually see if it works, if it doesn't, what things needs to be changed and approved because the end user experience is ultimately the biggest killer of this initial cloud transformations. Because if you promote this as something that ultimately will, will be helping people in, in the long run, it's, it's something that you're promoting right now as the, uh, the shift, something new that uh, needs to bring uh, value to the people. But then they see that it doesn't work, that the experiences they, they're having with the cloud even worse than they have before. 
you effectively cutting your own branch and the, cutting your the, the tree that you're sitting on because they will share these stories to other departments and people will start to build a, a resistance to the change. Through that, I, I, I'm interested on your take on how would you help companies to find those first adopters? So I've seen different strategies. Uh, some companies uh, go all in. They just decide we'll move everything to the cloud and uh, they go to the cloud. Uh, the other companies are uh, start small, as you mentioned. We just, they, they start moving small subset of uh, their workloads. So here, it, it, again, it's very important uh, to celebrate uh, every single success of uh, this small a small uh, two-pizza team. For example, uh, start working with some non-production environment and migrate it successfully in the cloud, you should uh, recognize this in a broader audience. And, uh, uh, you know, the other teams will get the understanding that, you know, you, you've done this for these guys, uh, why they can do this for me as well. So the, the cloud team would be just the catalyst. Uh, and... Uh, uh, in order to not become bottleneck uh, because the team is small, you have to spread uh, the knowledge of this team with uh, internal workshop with the other team members, uh, with uh, training, just the talks about specific cloud migration project. Uh, you have to allow the other team members to participate in this cloud initiative uh, so how, let, let's say just to go and help to the team and uh, you can rotate people if you'd like uh, in order to, in long term, to have this uh, scale and uh, repeatability of uh, people that are working with, uh, within the IT. You bring in an interesting point here because showcasing those successes, saying, hey, this is what you can get, really st- starts to build a demand in the cloud transformation because immediately if the people see that there is a business value not the only business value but let's be selfish enough if i were in the team an applicational team doing my part of work day to day trying to deploy something into production stage in you know, a uat something doesn't work i have to manually restart the environments rebuild something out or wait for a couple of weeks to get a new server because i need to test out new feature uh, that's not the exemplary user experience and when you would hear something like from your peers from another application team that hey, I can have my environment on demand just in in a couple of minutes. I can run a few things out. I can test new new features or new services. uh, And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And uh, uh, no one's bashing me for this. And really get those inspirations saying, hey, this could be an actual improvement to to my day-to-day life in this company the people will start to want this. The people will start to talk about this. They will go out and talk with their managers and effectively they will build up the demand for the cloud transformation. But only through success stories you can get that. Because if the the stories that you will hear is that, oh, no, it took us a super long, it's still super confusing. Uh, We do late on our commitments. We cannot, get new features out, something doesn't work, uh, that, that kills the vibe. 
So creating demand uh, is also another lessons learned that we uh, we've seen for the companies who were, were successful in this inside cloud transformations. Because in, in the end of the day, that business that sets the objectives, that's the leaders who transforms those objectives in the roadmaps and the strategies. But by the end of the day, you need the people's buy-in into the cloud transformation, the benefits that will, they will get, or this will be yet another thing that lives somewhere in the, in the executive's head. This is what we're doing. We're doing the cloud transformation. This is where our nice objectives are, but three years gone by and now nothing really improved. And people start asking why? And because majority of the company does not support this transformation. So you need this buy-in not only from top uh, levels of the company, but you need to get this buy-in from bottoms and from the people who in the field, who doing this work day to day. Nikolai, my question to you will be, with having that repeatable framework out, what are the, the other big things that companies need to be looking for because there is a big difference between successful and unsuccessful stories about the cloud adoption Uh, and even having all of this framework out still your organization can fail in the, the cloud so what you would say what are the lessons learned uh, from your perspective so in just 15 minutes you described several ways of uh, failed uh, really bad there was the importance of have uh, good fundamentals and uh, invest in solid strategy from the beginning so you definitely if you don't feel expert you don't have the experience you should look for help because uh, a solid strategy with strict roadmap will help you to prevent these kind of failures that you just mentioned in, you know, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, one point that I want to add uh, here is that having the uh, experience and experts needs to be at every level. So it's not only on technical level, but when you're creating a strategy, there should be some sounding board, I would say, who will help you to validate this strategy. Say, yeah, that is correct. Your assum- assumptions that you're making is a valid assumptions and this is how it works because uh, we've seen the strategies where they effectively were created by people who never actually interfered with the cloud before. And the, the strategy and the benefits that we're expecting from the cloud when applied to our business was something that uh, even through the years of transformation, they couldn't reach that through, uh, by not only by the arm, but at all. Absolutely agree. And uh, as you mentioned, uh, you don't have to work only from technical perspective uh, in this strategy and this roadmap. You should have uh, all the communication uh, with the other teams. And uh, here is something really important. This is not a race. Uh, you have to understand that uh, the tools that you're going to use is only right if they're suitable for your level of uh, expertise and uh, your level of maturity with the technology. So, uh, for example, if you push the things 
faster is uh, it's like uh, to buying a sports car without having a driver license this will not finish very good for you <laughs> yeah i love this reference we had this conversation earlier and and you said something uh, the, the companies need or and people needs autonomy but not anarchy can you explain a little bit more on that what what you meaning again um in usually people think uh, uh, for autonomy uh, especially the managers uh, they think it's like anarchy so the people will do whatever they want but uh, here and 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 they're right uh, the difference is uh, you know very uh, very close and uh, um, the importance here in order to build strong uh, strong teams uh, is to first enable them empower them to do their job more efficiency not to tell them what uh, to do like a micromanager but just to set the direction and to allow them they to do how they want and uh, to allow them uh, enable them to have the authority to do that also it's it's really important uh, they to be accountable for what they're doing and uh, to see the feedback and the consequences of uh, their job to be able to correct themselves. Again, they have to be perfectly aligned with uh, your strategy, your principles, but uh, you know, <laughs> you, you, you have to start with the management and the leadership because you can't build autonomous team with weak managers. And this is interestingly trans- kind of transfers us to the point where Many companies start great with CVE, so like creating the center of excellence for the cloud uh, inside of organization at first gets an, a lot of excitement, results out, people saying that the CVE is a, that's the thing that they wanted for a very long time. So initial success of the CVE is there. But when companies start to scale, that CVE has the risk of becoming bottleneck to the company. And uh, that's where all of this frustration, delays, and other things starts to accumulate. So to your point right now, do you think that the farther you go in this cloud transformation, the more responsibility you should give outside of the CUE for, for, the, 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 for the cloud transformation? As we discussed, uh, you have to include people from different teams to allow them to work with you on different prog projects like uh, you know you can rotate this uh, core team uh, this small team you can add people from the other teams and uh, for example assign some guys from this squad team to different team and you know the training of the other person are uh, critical and uh, again it it's it boils down to the strategy at the beginning you have to have these steps in your strategy Uh, you have to have a roadmap at specific point of time when you reach, uh, let's say, okay, we've made our first five big projects or first 10 projects. Uh, now it's time to start uh, adding more people to, let's say, from this team, from the other's team. And uh, this is the way to spread the knowledge in the company. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you mentioned, 
during these success stories, uh, the people uh, from the other team will start uh, feeling, you know, and enthusiastic, and they and the chance they to want to work with the cloud technologies uh, is really big. So I'm sure that there will be a lot of people wanted to join in that team and do cloud stuff. And the only thing is just to allow them and find time for them to become aware and uh, more experienced with that. By the way, just a quick note here. A lot of companies are not considering uh, these small teams, cloud center of excellence, for example, teams like uh, these teams to be dedicated. They think that these teams can... Uh, you know, working on a cloud uh, on 50% and they can work on their stuff on 50%, which is uh, something that in most cases, uh, based on my experience, will not going to work. And uh, your core team should be dedicated mm-hmm. 100% because what usually happens is, uh, you know, this cloud stuff is pretty new. It is not that important as what we have you know these dinosaurs in data centers that are in productions and they have issues so you know it's uh, it's 50 percent but it always can uh, it can, always can. become 100 <laughs> percent yes absolutely so that's really yeah. important as well in the end of the day how to measure the success of the series what what would be it's like everyone needs to be able to be like kind of in an enterprise setting uh, we see that they have OKRs, KPIs, and other things. So what would be the measures for the success of the Siri, cloud Siri in the company? I would say the most important uh, measure for success of the cloud Siri will be the other's team in the organization is uh, willing to work with your cloud team and they're successful in their cloud journey. Because... At the beginning, we discussed around uh, a difference between our company, which is service company, and working with our clients and uh, internal cloud center of excellence, working with their business units. At the end, it's always the most important thing is to have yeah. uh, happy customers. Customer satisfaction. That That's, in fact, the, the, the biggest pointer, I would say, indicator of the success even through the rest could be more tangible uh, measurements, like how how many percents uh, of the your line of businesses or current applications were for the transformation. But the CE ultimately doesn't have the power to go and say like, hey, line of business A, go and move these 20 applications. They're there to influence, they're there to help and share, but the, the biggest indicator uh, for me is the customer satisfaction, internal customer satisfaction. Other lines of businesses are happy to work with the, the CRE and uh, as well as how much of the new benefits, new features, new, I would say, revenue opportunities were enabled by the CRE. And it could be very different metrics, kind of which more aligned with was what your business does. Because kind of there is a difference between the insurance company and the company who who sells I don't know the the factory equipment on what would be the goals for the CUE in terms of the business impact, uh, but the customer satisfaction is the one that is uh, 
universal for every business uh, and every COE within the business line. Because if people who interfered and work with the COE say it like, I would, wouldn't be working with them next time, that's a, a strong indicator of the things are not going the right direction. Or many, it, maybe it's not because of these people in the COE as well, but because of the complexity of the process. So the re- real root case will be somewhere between the between the lines so it will be unique for the company but the indicator of the customer satisfaction for the CE is a good check uh, of how well it's going uh, and how well the entire cloud transformation is going um, I think that our last question for the day today so m- many companies, you already have vendors on board. Many of them have consultants and service companies that helping them uh, with their cloud transformation. But the question that I'm hearing a lot recently is how we can get the maximum value from the consultants, advisors, partners that we have uh, alongside the cloud transformation. Or if I rephrase that, what would be the best use of your vendors and uh, partners uh, to really help with the cloud strategy and the cloud transformation. So as we discussed in the beginning, uh, it is really important to choose your vendor and uh, your advisor wisely. And that you're in most use cases, you're not qualified uh, to examine their the expertise in this cloud migration because uh, you don't have that experience. Mm-hmm. So first thing that you should look in the vendor is uh, what kind of experience this vendor has. If it's uh, if it was drive uh, cloud transformation of a lot of companies, uh, successful cloud transformation that that's really 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 important. How to get the maximum benefits from the vendor? You have to work uh, really closely in every single time of this collaboration. Because what I saw is companies that think, I'll just hire one company that will drive the entire uh, digital transformation for me. And me and my team, we don't have to do anything uh, because I'm paying for that and they'll do it for me. This will not going to work because this company uh, will prepare some standards, uh, will prepare you some documentations, and uh, actually it, it will leave uh, the contract. Uh, most of the contracts have some uh, time frame. So you, if you're an enterprise um, guy, you really should uh, take the time to work closely with these advisors uh, on each of the steps to learn from them about uh, this cloud transformation and uh, every single piece of that and not uh, you know allow them to work by their own and just to do their job so w- what i'm hearing you saying that kind of outsourcing on kind of giving someone parts of the work that you need to do with the uh, cloud transformation while you move into the cloud uh, doesn't lift the responsibility for the success from you, which is kind of sounds obvious, but you cannot expect external vendor 
to be as successful as you are in pursuing your own people, your own executives, peers from different lines of businesses. Because when it comes to organization-wide adoption, the, the partners, uh, existing vendors that you can have on board, some of them could be well-equipped and know the environment and landscape on how to work on uh, on low-level stuff and that's something that is uh, have low importance and high rep- repeatability. But when it comes to large-scale like work transformation, the cultural shift, most probably the vendors you have selected were the, the decent vendors at the time for the job. That's true for the majority of the in-house vendors that uh, were f- with the companies for a while. But then you need to to very carefully take a look, are those are the best vendors uh, or the best partners for the cloud transformation? Because the same company that were shipping you the hardware servers, helping to maintain your data center, may not be the best company for your cloud transformation, application modernization, cloud native stuff, because they simply may not have the, the enough experience or interest in you moving out of the data centers or doing things differently in more kind of optimized way. So uh, sometimes it's even a good idea to involve uh, a a third party vendor or company uh, that has no interest in your current business and what you're doing and uh, have more like independent idea and opinion on what you should do and what your current said, and what are the best vendors for you. And with that note, I want to thank you, Nikolai, for being today with us. I want to thank the audience for listening for our today's talk. It's Alex. It's our podcast, People Tech and Other Weirdness. And join us next time where we'll be talking about the technology advisors and the people who really are behind the scenes heroes who help the, the entire cloud thing happen for your organization. Thank you and have a nice one.